this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage core life. Today, <coughs> I'm under the weather again. <coughs> you can hear the scratchiness in my voice, but I still wanted to be here because it's that special time of year that many of us look forward to, and that is, it's time to start looking for signs of life from your mint. So, open up your big book of stuff, because today we are going to talk about how to propagate your mint. I know, I can hear from the gardeners already a hue and cry, but listen, it'll be fine. It'll all work out. And if nothing else, that's less lawn for us to mow. Let's get started. So, let's talk about mint. I mean, I'm aware that many of you are probably, if you've ever had experience with mint, shuddering at the thought of what I'm about to say. But I'm going to say it. The best place for your mint is in the ground. That's right, plant that mint in the ground. So, those who haven't planted mint before, you're probably wondering why people are a little hesitant in accepting what I just said. That's because mint is very aggressive. How aggressive? It's Axis powers in Europe aggressive. It is extremely aggressive, and it can choke out other plants. It will take over if you don't control it. Mint likes to spread, and if you mow it over with a lawnmower, you will find it popping up everywhere that it touches. Mint just likes to reproduce, so if you plant it in the ground, you will have mint unless you deliberately go out of your way to get rid of it. Now that I have spoken on the dangers of mint, let's talk about the different kinds of mint and how to propagate it. I already told you earlier, just cutting off a piece of mint and putting it in the ground, that's about enough to propagate it. I would say about the length of your finger should be fine to give yourself a nice little seedling or a little start. But what kinds of mint would you like? It really comes down to why are you planting the mint? Are you planting the mint because you want a sweet smell? Or are you planting the mint because you want to eat the mint or drink the mint as an infusion? And when I say drink it, you could make a tea, although an actuality unless you add tea leaves, is a tisane, but we're not going to get caught up on that. So just know that when we call mint tea, mint tea, we're just using American shorthand because in actuality, it's not a tea if it doesn't have tea leaves. So let's say you're planting your mint because you're planting it because you want to have something smell really good, especially in the part of the garden 
that may be neglected or rather damp or won't get a lot of sun, mint is your go-to. It is wonderful when you brush against it. It'll let you know that it knows you're there if you squeeze it or pass by. It'll fill in a place that maybe other things didn't grow very well. And it's a nice little hidey hole for your cat. Now, I like spearmint, but spearmint can get a little large and it can get a little branchy. So if you grow spearmint, make sure you keep it cut down to about one or two feet, you know, at most, uh, if you're not trying to like fill in the whole area. If you're planting your mint as part of your landscaping, maybe border the area with some really deep uh, walling, you know, plant some cinder blocks or bricks into the earth so that you have enough edging underneath so that it won't be so easy to spread all over the place and then some edging on top. Why are we controlling it so strictly? Well that's if you want other plants to be there and they're not already established. If they are already established then just general weeding can help. They're not really rude plants per se. Mint isn't necessarily rude but again it can choke out some weaker plants and believe it or not grass and weeds which you know that word weed we have to be careful weed or weeds and noxious weeds are not the same but grass and weeds can actually uh, get hold to mince areas and make it kind of leggy too so keep an eye on it Now let's say you're planting because you want to eat your mint. People eat their plants. That's kind of what they're there to do uh, if you plant a culinary garden. If you're using your mint such as a fish mint, yes, there's a fish mint. No, it doesn't swim. But if you're planting things like fish mint or ginger mint or maybe even that Italian blend mint that's coming out, then you definitely want to plant it closer, closer to your savory items because that way it's easier to identify just in case you have other mints and you have a visitor who's out there gathering for you because it happens that sometimes you have a child, hi, and you ask them to go outside and gather some mint for the evening meal and you're looking for a lovely African basil mint and it's going to taste wonderful and the next thing you know they bring you strawberry mint because you weren't specific. While an interesting combination not necessarily something I'd want to put uh, into my food if I wasn't expecting it. However, the reverse can also be true. You might want a sweet or floral mint, something that would be wonderful for you if you're having a nice uh, drink or if you're putting it into ice cream or something other light and and sweet or light and uh, airy. One thing I really appreciate is the versatility of lemon balm and strawberry mint. They go well with other pairings such as grape hyacinth, or something along the line of a good lemonade 
or even a red bud syrup. These are things that blend well with it and give a wonderful taste. But don't be shy. You could add it to white grape juice as well and make yourself a smoothie with other things added inside. You know, I'm not the boss of you. I can't tell you what kind of yogurt to use. You have fun and you do what you want. Long as you're enjoying it, what difference does it make who would actually have something to say? Personally, I truly love a nice bowl of blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, a tiny bit of honey, and some chopped up orange mint, believe it or not, because that tastes really good. But if orange mint is too bold for you, uh, you could go back to chocolate mint or strawberry mint. Or if you just have a cat mint and just want it to be in a glass of water by the table for tablescapes, just to give a good, pleasant smell, that's fine too. Now this is the part where I remind you that I'm not a doctor, I'm not a certified naturopath, I'm not a certified herbalist. That all being out of the way. Did you know that you can make a liniment with your mint? It's good for my joints, so I use it for myself, but I also add other herbs. Uh, I've been known to add arnica as well as, uh, what is the, uh, Oh, it's escaping my brain right now. What is it called? I can't think of it. Rabbit tobacco. I put those together and put it on my knee. And uh, it, it seems to work well for me. But do what you do. Don't do what I do. Do what works for you. So you can make a liniment. You can also make a salve. Uh, salves are really good, especially during the winter. Some people can't take eucalyptus. The smell of it, they can't take the smell of camphor. So making a nice mint salve is good for the winter months or for the average summer cold, just to help open things up. You can also make your own nasal inhaler that way as well, by picking a mint, a mint that will work for you and following the instructions. There are so many instructions online and in books on how to make those. But since I do my best to try to not leave you hanging, one way to do it is you could use a lip balm tube or if you have an old nasal inhaler tube, but please don't use one that hasn't been cleaned. But what you're gonna need is a lip balm tube. You can find them almost anywhere in your craft store or a little bitty uh, tiny pot that you would use for potted lip balm. Then what you're gonna do is you're going to make yourself and you could use it that way or for the nasal inhaler you can get some old quilting material uh, or new quilting material you know depending on whether or not you have some old stuff in your home or if you have new ones make sure it's thoroughly laundered make sure it's scent free and then add the oil from your mint that you have drawn out or if you don't do it that way you can crush it up and actually uh, steep it for a while and then put it in there and make sure it's thoroughly saturated and that can be your inhaler uh, material and then you just use it whenever you need it I will do a, new, I'll do a more detailed uh, explanation on how to make that 
in another episode. Did you know you could dye things with mint as well? You can. You can dye napkins. You can dye pillowcases. You can dye entire sheet sets. But understand that if you're dyeing bed linens, it's going to take a lot of mint. Also, it's not going to necessarily be the color that you think. One way to ensure that you get the same color is to have a journal and keep track of your proportions. Why are we talking about this? How is it related to propagating your mint? It is directly tied in because if you are aspiring to start your own little dyeing business or hobby, you will need to know how to propagate enough of your plant in order to be able to use it in the amounts you will need to get the results you desire. So, it's very important that you learn, if this is what you want to do, to keep a journal of how much you need of plant material versus water and mordant. Find out what kind of pot you're going to use or that. And definitely buy enough mint that you can have at least twice as much material left as in living plant left than you use to make your dye for your batch. There's a little bit of math involved. See? See? Mrs. Zollner, my first uh, kindergarten teacher, she always emphasized how important math would be even when we were doing finger painting. And if she's not right, I'll eat my red gardening hat. It's true. So, that's another reason to learn how to propagate, learning how to dye materials. And I don't want this episode to be overly long, so um, let's come back a little bit to what we originally were talking about. One mint plant of an average size, about the diameter or the circumference of your hand, if you were to draw a circle around your outstretched hand palm down on a table could probably make five plants if you cut it apart carefully and plant it in small five small pots easiest propagation ever bury the whole thing all the way under the dirt all of it if it bothers you to do that leave a little bitty leaf out but really just bury it all it'll be fine and then just water it a little bit make sure you don't over soak it and give it some sunlight and now you've got five plants and then just repeat. Easy peasy. But I will say this, try not to mix your mints. Yes, mint can actually cross. And uh, if you have too many mints crossing, you use the signature of the flavor of the first uh, mint themselves, and then it can become really kind of gross, because not all mint tastes great. Just being honest with you, just because it's mint doesn't mean it tastes wonderful. Also, if you start looking into the mint family, you'll find that there are a lot more mints in the family than you ever suspected. You know, I think one of my fondest memories was watching my now husband at the end of my porch when I had just moved into my house here and 
he brought over a giant black pot of mint roots and there were no leaves on them they were just mint roots he had spent an entire weekend I think just pulling up mint roots all around his neighbor's house and I was like well I want some mint so he came over and knowing I'd never planted mint before he was chuckling because as he found this muddy patch of dirt, this bare muddy patch of dirt in the lawn at the end of my porch railing, I said, oh, there's nothing but roots there and there's nothing that grows there. I hope the mint will grow. Where are the plants? And he says, oh, I've got the roots right here. I said, you're just planting roots? How do you know the mint will grow? At this point, all of the gardeners listening to this are laughing maniacally. And the non-gardeners are not laughing at all, except for, you know, thinking that they're missing a joke. So I'll let you in on it. If you put a small snippet of a root, about a finger long, in the ground, the mint will grow, unless you deliberately do things to kill the mint. This man put at least a, I want to say a, a gallon and a half of mint roots that had been growing for years at the end of my porch in the ground in prime muddy conditions with no competition. Yeah. I could watch him in my mind's eye forever in that memory. We share laughs about it sometimes. He was so happy, his eyes were sparkling, and his hair was caught, and it was just windswept. And as a matter of fact, that's the song that's playing for the bulk of today's episode, Windswept, by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Thank you for letting us use it, Kevin. to the end of the episode without a single mom joke. I'm shocked. You know, I want to preserve this episode. You know, keep it for remembrance. And I'm sure in a year from now, you'll find just as much joy from this episode as I did because Anchor will keep it in mint condition. Ha ha, mom joke coming at ya. You thought you'd get away, didn't you? You're groaning. Oh, come on, it wasn't that bad, was it? It really wasn't. It was a good joke. No? Okay. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love sharing little planting tips with my friends, and we're friends, right? So I'll see you here next time. And so will Fluffy, who's meowing in the background, here on my magical cottagecore life. <laughs>